As you know, we are five brothers, three sisters. I'm the middle one, Nurdin Taj being my two elder brothers. And I'm the middle one of the five brothers and Salim, your dad, and Shokat, the youngest brother. So of the five brothers, as I say, I'm the middle one. Uh, and then of course we have three sisters, Shaina, Zarina and Ashifa. I was born in Uganda in a small village called Busambatia. And I checked this thing actually, nobody in my school, and I don't think anybody in my town, smiley wise, was born in that little village. It's like, it was like a one half a street, one street kind of a thin thatch roof kind of a little village where my, where I was born. And uh, you may wonder why was I born there? Why was not born in Bali where most of my other siblings were? So I'll tell you a little bit about it, if I may. Yeah. I was born in 1945. Okay, soon after the war ended kind of a thing. Now, my mom was carrying me, pregnant with me, and my dad used to supply oranges to the army. I've heard this. And Busambatia, yeah, exactly. Busambatia, the village, was the place from which either he used to get the supplies of the oranges that he would supply to the in the truck to the army uh, barracks here and there. So it was kind of a central location for him to be at. So I'm sure it was a temporary move there to Bosambatia. And uh, that's where I was born uh, because of that reason that they were, you know, my dad was doing that kind of a business at the time. And uh, I, I don't think they stayed there too long. Uh, then soon after I was born, maybe I was told maybe a year or so, and then they, they moved to Mbale, where most of my other siblings uh, were born. So Busambatia in Uganda, a little village, uh, not far from Mbale. Yeah. Okay. And Amin Kanji is your name? Full name is Amin Muhammad, one word, Kanji. My uh, uncle named me Amin Muhammad. Oh, yeah. My 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 mother's no, my dad's brother-in-law, my dad's sister's husband. In those days, uncles and aunts used to name the newborn, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I'm stuck with the name Amin Muhammad. One word. I'm fine with that, but I only use Amin. Uh, a short form, a short name, kind of. Ah, so. Uh, when I spoke with uh, Nordin Ada, um, I asked about uh, Bapajin Maji, and when I listened to the episode again, I realized we talked a bit about Bapaji, but not at all about Maji. Tell me about your mom. Now, we call her Maji. Of course. Tell you about my mom? Yeah. Katija. Yeah. Uh... What can I tell you about my mom? My rest of my siblings, if they are going to be listening to this conversation, they will not be happy. But I think I was my mom's favorite, you know? I'm bold, I'm, I'm bravely and boldly saying that. I think I was my mom's favorite, believe me, <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. Uh, in what? fact, you know what, ask anybody. Yeah. They all say that I even look like my mom. You know, my features, my features are like my okay. mom. I'm the only son that looks <laughs> like my mom. I, I don't know if you can tell, but 
I only see my mom's features, some of my older photos, of course, without the beard and the mustache, please. Yeah. Some of my older photos, you'll see my face and my mom's face, very similar. Anyway, that is the feature I'm talking about. My mom, my goodness, what can I tell you about my mother? Uh, she, as you know, she, she gave birth to five children and two girls, then five boys, two girls, and as if they didn't have enough in the family, and because they could not have any more children, my mom went, and of course my dad, went and adopted an eighth one, as you know, a Shifa. Mm-hmm. Brought a Shifa when she was a few weeks old. Uh, always loved children around them, both of them. My mom loved children so much so uh, that... Uh, <laughs> when we got married, Nasim and I got married, and for three years uh, we had not planned any children. Uh, my mom once mentioned to us, she says, "You know, I know you guys at your generation don't want to have children at a young age. You don't have to have children. Go adopt few. You know, go adopt few. There are so many children who are homeless. You don't have to. You know, they soon become yours. Soon as you bring them home, they are yours." That was my, that is my mom. She's always been so caring and concerned about these orphans way back from when I can remember. In fact, let me tell you, before Ashifa, she adopted another baby. Her name was Habiba. And she was so malnourished when when my mom brought her, when my parents brought her home for uh, adopting the baby. Really, really undernourished that she died soon after few after we brought her. She was under terrible condition medically. And so my mom was shattered that she lost this child. And the doctors suggested that, look, I think, told my dad that I think for your wife or my mom, Matsukhatija, to come through this trauma of losing a baby, go adopt another one and a good one this time, health-wise. Make sure it's a healthy baby. He'll do her a lot of good. Sure enough, not laughter, not long after Habiba passed away, the adopted child, mom brought another one, Ashifa, and rest is history. I, I didn't know that Habiba was an adopted daughter. Habiba, well, yeah, she was, uh, we named her Habiba, but she died a few months after we brought her home. Your dad will be more uh, accurate in giving you more details on it when you talk to him as to how long did Habiba Habiba survived. Uh, but yeah, we, we adopted Habiba, man. Uh, we, had, we had adopted, the, my parents had adopted a child and uh, unfortunately didn't survive. Yeah. What do you remember about your dad, Papaji? Papaji, my goodness, he was such a, such an amazing, amazing guy, as you know, you, you, I mean, you spent so much time with him, Karim. But my dad was such a generous, kind, he was very popular with my friends. My friends, my, my dad was very popular. I'm not bragging this. I'm not saying this uh, uh, out of any, you know. My dad, my, my friends used to tell me, and I'm not talking about one friend. Quite a few, they used to tell tell me, I wish my, my dad was like your dad. Your dad is so like a friend with you, so friendly. He jokes with us. He laughs at our jokes. You know, he doesn't, like, we come to your house, he doesn't make us feel uncomfortable. 
he's so welcoming. Uh, and uh, yeah, my, my dad was very popular with my friends. Um, he was very, very funny with them, joked with them, got to their level, you know. Uh, and uh, and as you know, my dad was, uh, I think, 14 years of age when he came from India with my grandfather, his dad. And he was in business right from day one, uh, helping my helping his dad. Once my grandfather had a shop, my dad used to run uh, with run the business with my my grandfather, his father. Uh, he my dad. I don't think he had any other uh, business or job except for the transporting the oranges and stuff like that. My dad also used to deal in second-hand cars, selling cars back in Bali. Uh, we often used to have uh, <laughs> second-hand used cars in our yard, uh, two, three, four cars. And he was dealing, uh, selling, buying, selling, buying, buying uh, used cars. Um, he was also, this is, I think, where the rest of us, your dad and me and the rest of my siblings have got... Uh, the voluntary thing in us. My dad was a very good voluntary worker in the community, our Ismaili community. He was a uniform volunteer as well as very, uh, very much involved in various functions and events uh, in Bali, in our community. As you know, later in life, once he stopped his, uh, closed his business, he became a full-time uh, Jamaat Bai. You know what is a Jamaat Bai? Um, looking after the Jamaat Khana and um, taking care of, uh, you know, this, that, and the other related to Jamaat Khana. A paid Jamaat, Jamaat Bai. He was, in fact, living in the quarters of Bali Jamaat Khana, right next to Khane, adjoining almost Khane, was uh, Jamaat Bai's uh, residence. So, they used to leave that. This happened long after I left Bali in 1966 to come to UK. We talk about it later on. So my yeah, they they, they he she closed the shop and he came to he he became a, a, a sevadari, became a jamati jamat by him and my mom of course. Do you remember your grandfather? Oh, of course. Okay, Very so much. tell like what, what, what his name, your grandmother's name. Yeah, my my grandfather uh, uh, Kasim, Mr. Kasim Kanji. Well, Kanji is his my great grandfather's name, but Kasim Bai, my dad, grandfather's name was Kasim Bai, my dad's father. Uh, he uh, he was a very very well respected man in the community. Again, very religious. Never missed Jamatkala morning or evenings. Um, quite a quite a respectable man in our community. And he used to run a shop with my dad, as I say. And very strong guy was, a, I think your dad has his built, you know, like he was a, quite a tall, fairly built, strong built guy. Um, and um, yeah, he lived a good life. I never met his wife, my grandma. She died. I think we were very little. I don't even know. As I say, your dad is so good with family tree and family history. He will be able to be more accurate as to when did grandma pass away. 
my granddad, I knew him very well. In fact, Nassim also met my grandfather before we got married in Nairobi. Uh, when he found, well, she, she introduced herself and to his place. He was living in Nairobi temporarily. And Nassim happened to pass through there. So she met him. He was very happy that Nassim and I were kind of planning to get married and all that. Yeah, yeah, he, we lived, uh, we all lived with our granddad and grand. As you know, my granddad used to live, we used to live with him, my parents, we, all the siblings, even my two aunts. My dad's two sisters used to live in this big, big house in Bali. And we all grew up under his care, my grandfather. He used to spoil us thoroughly, like, oh my goodness. He was really, uh, we, I used to sleep with him till I was uh, maybe four or five. Um, I was very close to him. Your dad became close to him. Then I was kicked out when your dad was born. <laughs> Let me tell you something here. I don't know if this is appropriate uh, for uh, the, you may delete this part, man, if you want to, but I used to sleep with my granddad. I was four, maybe. And every morning he used to complain. He says, I don't want this kid to sleep with me anymore. He's making the bloody mattress wet. <laughs> Not kidding you. Your dad will tell you more on that. I used to pee in bed. I was so lazy to go to the washroom. I was little. Don't forget. And so I think that was one of the reasons. One of the reasons he said, "Now, okay, enough of this kid now." So Shamir Salim, your dad used to be his uh, family. It's a it's a family. It's a, it's a family uh, knowledge. I mean, I'm not. They all tell. I had a name. I was named after something to that effect, but never mind. Let's carry on. <laughs> um, so I happened to be speaking with Tajwada on Saturday. Yes. And I was uh, about to go on a uh, a hike with the scouts. So I had my neckerchief on and Tajwada saw it. So he started asking questions because, you know, what are you doing? And is Kazma involved? And he told me that he was a scout and he earned the highest Badger Queen. Award, I think the Queen Scout Award or something like Correct. that. Correct. Correct. So he's telling me about all of this stuff. And I, I didn't know any of this before. Or if he had told me, I, I had forgotten. So I wanted to ask you, um, what sort of things did you get up to as a kid? You know, I'll tell you very honestly. I've told you this privately before. Your dad, who was two years younger than me, is four years older than me in intelligence, in knowledge. I'm not talking about only family stuff, but generally speaking, I was so lazy with everything when I was growing up. Sports, I wasn't into anything particular. Um, educa- I was all right. I was average in school. I was not bringing home grade A like Taj, you know, my elder brother, and Nordin did too. Um, I took very little in helping in the in the shop. Your dad was amazing. He was the best. I'll tell you stories about what he used to get up to when he used to help my... Uh, the only time I went to the shop was when I wanted to go and see a movie. I would bug my dad. I want money. I want to go see movies. I used to see lots of movies, music. Um, I wanted to go hitchhiking to Kampala, Nairobi on holidays hang around with friends. That was my growing up. I was a 
I was not very helpful at home. I was a lazy eater. My mom used to call me a lazy eater. Now, something that Nassim has also started calling me now. I would eat anything. If it was dinner time, my food not ready, I would just eat junk and fill up myself. Uh, I think that's why my build is not as good as your dad is. Very healthy looking guy compared to me. Uh, academically, I was average. Sports-wise, Shokat and your dad were very athletic. They used to get enrolled in school, sports, soccer, and all that. I, I played volleyball because I had to play it with the, my school thing, class. One of the uh, requirements was, so I used to play just for the sake of it. But I used to be in music a lot more, entertainment a lot more, movies, gallivanting, roaming around, going to swim in the little lake outside the town without taking permission from the parents. Missing school sometimes, not too much. But uh, I was not a good kid. I was not a much of a help in the shop, as I told you. Your dad used to help so much in the shop, and he had a very sharp eye because we used to have these local helpers, and they often used to, you know, steal things. And But your dad was always kept an eye on it, and he used to catch people doing that. And he was always very reliable. When he went to help my dad and my grandfather in the shop, he he stayed. He stayed and he helped. And I would be standing on the veranda outside the shop making faces at my dad. I need money. I want to go see movies. I saw so many movies. And uh, my dad, yeah, uh, but not a good kid. Was it the pressure of having two smart older brothers? No, I was just me. <laughs> Nurdin was very unhappy with me. He often used to uh, discipline me. I, I'm glad you didn't ask him that question when he, when you interviewed him. But Nurdin used to, Jamaat Khan attendance, stuff like that. I used to skip Khane, hang around with friends outside and go see movies and run. Soon as the movie is over or halfway through the movies, run back to Jamaat Khan to make sure that they know that I was around and in Khane. Um, but uh, no, Taj and Rudin were men, good examples. I should have followed them. Uh, but no, I was just me. I was just me. Um, if people were to meet the whole family or, or observed from afar the interaction of, of all eight of you, I think a lot of them would say, that Taj guy and Amin are like two peas in a pod. When, <laughs> when did you, and I don't know if you would agree with me, but it, it, it seems like, at least to me, that you guys are best of friends. Um, when, when did that start? When did that happen? Back home, as you know, we were all growing up together. Taj, Nudin, me, Salim, Chokka, Zarina, and all Nobody had time for each other. You know, everybody was busy doing their own thing. That's why I got away with all this nonsense I just told you about myself. Gallivanting and not helping much in the shop, not staying at home, and I shoot coming home late. And so, you know, nobody had time for each other. Taj and I were, we were all all right. We were all, we were very, as you know, we were and we still are very close family. Uh, once I came to England, London, that's where this thing began. Taj and I went through lots of stuff, struggling, um, 
living together many a times uh, in a bed sitter, one bedroom uh, kind of a place rented. He was studying. I was looking uh, for a job and studying. He was doing a civil engineering. I was attempting to do accounting. I had immigration problem. Him and Shamim helped me out a lot uh, in way of, uh, you know, because we were not getting, I was not, Bapaji, my, my dad was not uh, in, a, in a position to send money regularly to us. He would send us to UK once it was time for us to go overseas for further education that was not available in Uganda, in Bali. So once we were there, we are on our own. Everyone, Nordin Taj, me, your, your dad, everyone, we had to manage Shokat, we had to manage ourselves money-wise, you know. So Taj and I became very close during this period of nine years that I was there from 1966 to 1975. He was struggling through his studies. I was struggling through, as I said, jobs, immigration issues I had. Every year I had to renew my visas. And to renew my visa, I had to show them that I have uh, enough to support myself. I had to show them that I'm in a government-approved course that I'm doing. Um, money was tight, as I said. Things were really difficult. So during Taz's holidays from university, he would be working during his holidays. I would be working and studying, trying to make ends meet. Taz got married. Then Shamim was working. Shamim and Taj, and Taj often had to go out of town uh, for work because his civil engineering course was such that he had to work so much and study so much and all that. And so he was often out of town and then I would be home with Shamim, giving her, you know, company and uh, studying and not coming home till very late because I was doing evening courses. I had, at times I had two jobs, part-time, part-time jobs, and also studying in the evening. Things were rough. But we became close because we both went through very, very hard times, Taj and I. That's, that would, that's what made us become so close, uh, uh, you know. And we've been very, very close ever since then because we've seen it all, you know. Uh, so today I was, I was just talking to him today. Funny you should mention this. And... Uh, and uh, he was, we were funny enough, we were talking about those days when we were struggling through life, but it all paled off at the end, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell me about, I, I've heard stories that uh, Nordinada and, and, and uh, Rosianti um, really, like, my, actually, my dad tells the story of staying with them. Um, yeah. And them almost being like his second pair of parents. Um, was it similar with, with, uh, with you and uh, Tajwada? Uh, yeah, very much. In fact, uh, after Anisha was born, Taj's first child, Anisha, when she was still a baby, not even a year old, he, also, he often had to go away from Monday to Friday to work out of town, stay there, come home for the weekend, and Anisha honestly thought I was uh, her dad. <laughs> Taj, will, Taj, will, Taj will verify that. When Taj would come home, 
uh, and then tried to get Anisha, you know, tried to, she would literally scrape his face like that, you know, thinking, who the hell is this guy, you know, suddenly I, I, I have not seen him, but she was very close to me. Anisha often calls me, not often, she calls me, addresses me as Pops 2. I'm a dad number two to her. Uh, but no, she was uh, really, really very much frightened of a uh, poor guy. I felt so bad. And Shamim was sad and trying to, you know, make her understand, this is your papa. And, and I, Anisha, I was, I was very close to Anisha. Of course, I, I used to live with them. We used to share everything. Uh, as I said, we've seen our hard times together and all that. But no, Anisha, when Anisha was born, of course, things also started to change because soon after that, Taz did qualify and become a civil engineer and things started going up like that, you know? Suddenly, the car, we were roaming around, we were using public transport until then. Suddenly, we had this used second-hand car, Taj had, and uh, nicer place to live in, an extra room that I was sharing. I was with them more longer period than I think your dad was with Nurdin and Rosina in way of, you know, staying with them very long time. And then I got married and of course I had my own, I needed my own privacy. It was really funny. There was a place in Bexley, a masonette, a fourplex. Uh, it was a house, um, a building with four units. So one of the units was what Nurdin bought. I helped him move from Finchley, where he used to live, to this Bexley place, I remember, uh, in 1968, 69, I believe. Yeah, so he bought that. I'll keep this very short. He bought it. He stayed there for a long time. That's when your dad stayed with him. Then, then, he, then uh, Taj and Shamim moved in there. And I stayed with them, Taj and Shamim, at that place for a little while, for a while actually. Then, Ta then I got married, and Taj and Shamim moved to some other place with Anisha with the baby. And Nasim and I stayed there in this same place. And then 1975, Nasim and I moved to Canada with Shamir, seven months old baby. And eventually, Shokat bought it off Nurdin, this place. Yeah, that, that place has got history. And and three of our, three of like Taj's daughter, Anisha, you, Karim, and Shamir were all born, I don't know if you know, at Queen Mary's Hospital in Sitka, which is the nearest hospital from this village, Baxley village in Kent. Hmm. So that place has quite a history. Uh, in Baxley, do you remember what the address might have been? Of course. How could I forget? What's the address? <coughs> 15 Harbex Close, H-A-R-B-E-X, Harbex Close, Bexley, Kent. I don't know the zip code. And did you know, Karim, that when you were born at the Queen Mary's Hospital in Sitka, your dad was in Uganda, I believe. What year were you born? 72. 72. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your dad was in Uganda. Uh, making, trying to make his way to London, I believe. Your mom, I took your mom to Queen Mary's Hospital. Did you know this story? I took your mom to Queen Mary's Hospital. I was waiting in the waiting room and your mom went in, 
to have your baby, have the baby for you to pop out. I think you took your sweet time anyhow. So I'm waiting, twiddling my thumb. And then eventually you were born and the nurse comes out in the waiting room and says, Mr. Kanji, Mr. Kanji. I said, yeah, I'm Mr. Kanji. So congratulations, your wife just gave birth to a baby boy. So I said, no, no, I'm not the father. She said, yeah, everybody says that. <laughs> said, no, no, it's my brother's son. My, my brother's wife. My, my brother's son is born. I'm, I'm, I'm. So it, I, we had a good laugh from then anyway. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you, you, I was there, not your dad when you were born, buddy, just to let you know. For almost two years, uh, you and your brothers and sisters have been meeting every week, uh, sometimes more than once a week. Uh, now, because everybody lives in different cities around the world, you guys have been meeting online, but still every single week. I have to tell you, all of your kids could not, ha could not do that, ha they have not done that. Um, we tried for a year, we gave up, tried every once a month, We'll see what happens with that. But you guys almost, I think everybody at some point in this five-hour escapade uh, will, will log in and, and say hello. I think we take it for granted that all of you still get along. Um, I don't, I am not aware of so many families that that do this um what's what's the secret why why are all of you so close that you will devote like many hours on a friday to talk and to sing and to joke and to cry and to laugh like why do you do this every week okay five brothers three sisters Karim. We are spread out in how many continents, you know? UK, Nurdin now is in Africa. Uh, and we are here in Canada. Over three continents, we are all spread out. And then within Canada, not everyone is in the same city as you know. Zarin Chena's, the two sisters are in Calgary. Me, Ashifa and your dad are here in Toronto. Taj and Shokat are in UK. Nurdin was there too, but for the last few months he's in Nairobi, which is coming back now. But even with him being in Nairobi, we still get connected uh, every time the internet is behaving. The reason, first of all, distance, as you know, makes the heart go fonder, yeah? We have not seen each other for over two and a half years due to COVID. Another reason. Thirdly, the most, this should be a number one. I was telling my mom when she was, you know, alive long, long time back. I said, mom, why did you have so many of us? It is so difficult now with uh, Nurdin there, Taj there, and me and Salim only here, and girls are away. You know, not seeing them, you know, we miss them so much. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to have just two brothers or only one or two sisters. It is, it is really heartbreaking. We can't see them so much. Over a nice conversation, I just happened to mention this. She said, what about us? 
She said, you're telling you're missing your, your sibling, your brothers and sisters. What about us? We want all of you to be in the same house like we used to back in Uganda. She says, I know what you're saying. I said, you know, and another thing is, why are we so united, mom? You know, you, 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 you instill in us this thing about unity. I said, you know, sometimes I wish we were not united. Then we won't miss it. Stupid thing to say, eh, Karim? Silly thing to say. I said, we are so united that we miss each other so much, you know, that it is just crazy. Uh, mom and dad have instilled this thing into us that, that we should be like, you know, one. We are, we, 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 we are five. We have our own uh, different ways, like a branch on a tree growing in different directions. The roots are the same, Karim, you know. Our roots are so strong. So, so, so that is what is keeping us together. We are always there for each other, as you know. We will not talk about men's, the company. That's for, that's for, I'll let that, you can ask that question to somebody else, uh, one of the other brothers. I'm not going to go into that. No, but we, in, in good days, in bad times we had, man, bad times we had, it didn't break us up. We still were together. We lost you know, some money here, investing there. But that, that brought us, I think, even closer. You know, Nurdin being the mentor, Taj being the advisor, I don't blame him uh, for the where things went wrong, but he was always there to advise how to still carry on with life in spite of what's happened. Um, no, everyone contributed so much when we went through bad times. During the good times, we are always there, as you know. During Rosina's funeral, everyone was there. He saw that, you know. Uh, we are so blessed also, Karim, that not only the brothers and the sisters, but also the spouses, the in-laws, that they are all so giving and caring and united. And they see how, how we all are so close that they also help us to keep the family needed, you know. No separation. Every time they consult each other. Rosina was, of course, the mentor for them all. She always was the person that I think we went to... In if there was anything to decide about any family issues or decisions to be made, gifts to be given for a big occasion or charity work to be done or a personal advice, we would all go to Rosina and usually collectively whatever it was at that time to, you know, ask her advice for. So not only, as I said, the brothers, but also we were blessed that also all the in-laws are so united, so helpful in making sure that we all get connect, stay connected. Often, I'm sure your mom reminds your dad many a times, did you call your sisters? Have you kept in touch with them? It is the birth. Same thing, you know, Nassim reminds me from time to time when Maji and Papaji were alive, did you call your parents? Mom, you haven't called them for so long. Call them, get connected, stay in touch. So all those things that kept us uh, united and uh, although we are far away from each other, Zoom is one blessing, thank goodness to COVID, <laughs> that yes, you're right, we, without fail, 12.30 every Friday, we connect and we are on till 4.30, 5.30, sometimes 6 o'clock, 
yapping away, talking, discussing, asking for each other's uh, issues about any problem they may have, um, and then end up boring each other by singing. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about uh, meeting Nasimati. Have I met her yet? Yeah. My wife, you asked him about Nassim, my wife. In 1966, when I went to London, she came soon after that, a year, a few months after that. And uh, I saw her in Jamaat Khana, a place that typically everyone meets. Uh, and uh, we got introduced by a mutual, well, well, somebody I knew, and she used to share a, a hostel with. So we got introduced, and uh, that was uh, where we first met uh, in 1966. A year and a half later, she finished her studies, and kind of we became pretty close. I told her what I felt about her, and she was a very reluctant person because her her brothers were very strict with her when she left home. Like, you know, be careful. Overseas boys are not very nice. Uh, you might get into this, that, and the other. So she was very hesitant in the beginning. But uh, once she met, you know, I'm not kidding you, this, Karim, this again comes to the siblings. Once she met my brothers, like Taj and Nurdin, your dad, before we got married, before I, it was a confirmed that we would be settling one day together. She was very impressed with uh, my my siblings, and uh, she thought, yes, he does come from a good family. It was Nurdin, apparently, in border of Kenya in Tanzania that met Kurban, Nassim's brother. They decided that, yes, Nassim should now go to... By the way, she went back to Tanzania, and then she was working there. So it was them two that got together to tell to decide that Nassim should go back to UK and they should get married. So that's how it happened. Anyway, so we were away for almost three and a half years, by the way, Karim. Uh, she went back to Tanzania and we kept in touch via letters. Phones were very, very, very expensive. I think within three and a half years, we may have called each other maybe five times, maybe, if we were lucky. But otherwise, we always used to write um, letters to each other, and that's how we kept in touch. And uh, I kept my promise. I didn't uh, find anybody else, if I may say, use the word. Why are you, why are you winking? <laughs> I'm not winking. <laughs> I'm saying I did not uh, commit myself to anybody else since I had committed to Nelson and yes, he came back and we got in uh, 1971. <laughs> 17 July 71. Uh, you reminded me of something I wanted to ask you. I th- it was maybe two weeks ago I came on, I interrupted your, your Zoom call with your brothers and sisters, and Nordinada was there, and he was getting tired because he's, I don't know, eight hours ahead, Nairobi time. And it was so amazing to see how everybody... Um, like they, there was a reverence for him, like respect that this is, you know, he's not your nerdy nada, but it was like, it's okay, ba, it's okay, ba, go to sleep. It's okay. You know, it was like, I was like, 
they're talking to him like it's this is their father. Um, tell me about this relationship and th- this reverence I feel that you guys have for Nurdin Ada. Karim, your mother, your mom, and look at her with her. She doesn't call her elder brothers by the name Motabai, elder brother, Motabai. She always addresses her elder brothers with Motabai uh, to distinguish him and name Badurbai and Motabai and Sadurbai who passed away, Motabai. It is in us, in, in everybody, not our family. Uh, you know, with Nurdin, of course, uh, <laughs> we call him the Gandhi of the family. The guy doesn't have any vices. He's so pure, he's so caring, and he's so giving, and he's so loving. The whole town used to love my brother. He was very generous. He's very, even now, look at him, the charity work he does outside our family thing. Look at him, you know. So much of charity work at this, in his, at his age of uh, 82, he cycles for a Rotary Club and collects money to give to charity. Um, and so on, so forth, with AKD and the work he does and time and knowledge that he has been involved in. He's a very kind-hearted, loving... I think if we have a drop of little bit of goodness in any one of us, it is from him that we have, uh, you know, uh, got uh, watching him calm as a cucumber, this guy, so calm. He never gets, you never hear him raise voice. If we ever complain to him about anything, even about, I mean, we are united, but we still have issues with each other. And then, and when we go to him, we'll get the best of the best advice from him, you know, how to handle the situation at hand, you know, how to, you know, constantly he keeps on asking us. When he calls me, for example, He'll ask me, oh, how is Ashifa? When did you last speak to Ashifa, being the youngest sister? Have you spoken to Zarin? Say, how are they doing? Kind of thing. Always there'll be this. Then it'll remind me, oh my goodness, it's been so long, I haven't called them. This guy smiles always asking me. Very, 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 very kind. Uh, I mean, we have followed his examples uh, in as much as we could in all the good things he does in life. Uh, so the respect comes, you know, with that. Uh, and uh, well, parents have always said, you know, you have to listen to your elder brother, that's Nurdin. Taj and I were all right on boy. I mean, we, I mean, he, I asked for his advice and he will give me if he thinks it is worth that I will ever listen to it. But Nurdin, we all keep him up there, you know, all of them, sisters too. Sainas and Zarin and everybody, even the daughter, like I said, even your mom, my wife, uh, Jenny, Shokat's wife, they all have highest respect for Nurdin, highest respect. You know, they, they, they like, no argument, and there's a word from him, is it, that is it? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he deserves all the respect we can give him, man. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Taj was telling a couple of days back. He says, not a day goes by, not a day goes by, and Taj, when Nurdin doesn't call him from Nairobi, asking him about his health, as you know, Taj's health is doing too good. So 
He says, uh, he always, not a day goes by. And he, there's a specific time and he calls, starts asking. It may not be a long call, but always, always asks about this. He asks, you know, Nurdin has always uh, told us from way back, from way, 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 way back. I think he's even told you, if I'm not wrong. You have to make sure, you have to make sure you have a roof on your head. First thing you do is buy a house, buy a house, buy a house. Many a times I was finding it so bloody annoying. I can't afford it. What are you going on about? You have to buy a house. You're paying money to somebody else. Buy a house. Things like that. Have you got your uh, your um, will done up for the family will? That, 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 that family doesn't go, your wife doesn't, and your children don't go through this living hell. God forbid something happens to you. Have you got your will in order? You know, things like that. Have you got all your bank issues and your money you owe all documented so that people don't have to go through this, that, all those things. There's always concern about us. You know, do this, do that. This is important. That is not important. Um, sorry, you were going to be asking me a question. I interrupted No, you. no, no, that's good. Tell me about your kids, Sherman Alim. I know them as my cousins, but you tell me know about, about my first and my second mistakes. Um, I hope they don't hear this one. This one out. Samir and Lari, what can I tell you? Yeah, I wanted girls and God gave me boys. Karim, how many brothers are we? Five. And how many sisters are we? Three. When mom, Maji, my mom brought Ashifa home, baby adopted. My mom made a comment, continuously made a comment, even long before she passed away, she mentioned this too. If there is one son of mine, Mam Maji used to say, it would be Amin who deserves a daughter. Okay. Deserves a daughter. Why she said that? When we brought Ashita home, I was the only one who would wake up in the middle of the night like a new father. And I was a young teenager at the time. I, would, I was the only one waking in the middle of the night to go to Ashiva's room to see in the crib, is she got the blanket properly on? Is she sleeping all right? You know, you know things like that. And I, I remember that I I used to love girls, little babies so much. What happens, Karim? You're talking about my two boys. So I got married. I go Nasim is having in 1974 when Shamir was born in Bexley, Kent, the hospital. So I go to the hospital, and, and uh, at that time, they never told us they are going to have a boy or a girl. So I go into the room. Nasim is crying. So what happened? So I kiss a boy. I gave birth to a boy. I said, so what are you crying for? It's all right. She says, I know you wanted a girl so much. I said, oh, next time. Two years later, literally, September 20th, Shamir was born. September 21st, 76, Alim was born. Two years and a day. So the second one, a boy. Now, Maji said, I am the only one who deserves a girl. Nurdin has got a girl and a boy. Taj has got two girls. Salim has got you. Shami, you, your sister, and another boy, another girl in the family. Zarin has got a girl and a boy. Shaina has got a boy and a girl. Ashifa, girl and a boy. I don't have a daughter. And then what happened? And then what happened? I said, okay, maybe granddaughter. Shamir gets two boys. 
And then Alim finally, I don't know what pills and medications his wife took. Finally, we got Zara as a granddaughter. Coming back to Shamir and Alim. Yeah, Shamir and Alim, uh, as you know, they are two years apart. Shamir was born in London, Kent, in the hospital, I told you. He was seven months old when we brought him here. Uh, and then two years later, Alim was born. Um, what can I tell you? you? There's nothing that you don't know about them. Uh, they grew up with you guys. Terror, growing up, was a challenge. But like I told you before, the, um, um, bringing them up was quite a challenge. And if uh, bringing up kids was not a challenge, then as they say, they would not have started with the word labor. Am I right? Talk, tell your wife. She'll talk to your wife. She'll tell you all about it. I think was that was a joke you said last week. I, it was another joke. I said it, and my son, Shamir, is on the Zoom, and he said, Dad, you got to stop reading Reader's Digest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when did you get into, um, or not when, uh, but music is a huge, like everywhere you go, you're bringing, uh, I think you have in your car, you have a karaoke set. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever party you go to, you bring your karaoke machine. Um, I find singing very therapeutic, Karim. I love singing. Yeah. Way back home, I don't know if you know, but we had a group called La Sombreros. If you heard that New Zealand broadcast I sent you, then I requested songs. He's even mentioned the name of my group, because of course I told him about it, and so he broadcasted it. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was in a band back home, uh, not a very great big instrumental band because in Uganda you could not even get a guitar unless you drove miles away. Um, hardly anything. We had a pair of bongos, maracas, tom tom, the big drum thing. Uh, and occasionally we would borrow someone's drum set and a guitarist. We were a vocalist group more than uh, instrumental. So that's where we began. And I always loved, as I told you, I was more into entertainment and singing and music than studying in my growing age. Uh, so I've always had interest. We had one radio in the house, Karim, in Uganda, Mbale. One radio, a very old radio. And we were how many in the family with my dad's two sisters? We, we thought they were our sisters. They were our aunts. We grew up with them kids and all that. Everybody wanted to listen to the radio stations and I wanted my own one particular station called Forces Favorite. They used to play songs for the army who were in East Africa. I'm talking about 50s, late 50s, mid 50s. So yeah, I always uh, liked music since then. Then I came to UK where I got my first transistor radio, little tiny one from Taj. He gave me a gift, his used transistor radio. Then so things started happening about myself, a gramophone, and these LPs from garage sale, what they call jumble sale there. I collected lots and lots of records. I think you have got a couple of our um, LPs sitting behind you there. Uh, you showed it to us last time, Net King Cole and all that. Uh, anyhow, so it was, we started then finally collecting music stuff, came to Canada, 
I got three karaoke machines in the house. You're right, except for one in the car, one in my family room, two in my other rooms. Uh, I often have a karaoke session with a few friends here. In fact, last Saturday, we were sitting with a few friends after a long time at a good karaoke session. I belong to a couple of groups that once a week we have a karaoke gathering on the Zoom. I love singing. As I said, it's very therapeutic. I love it. Uh, unfortunately, things have happened so fast with the music, as you know, that you can get any song anytime downstream. It don't even have to spend much money these days. My collection is going through the roof now. Every Friday we meet, as you know. Even your dad has taken up singing now. Thank goodness. Yeah, so I give, I help them out with anything they need. I just forward it to them. Music-wise, I have an amazing uh, app that I've downloaded that I can get anything I want. Love it. And I think uh, what you have behind you is a lot to do with the genes in you, buddy. We must Might have... Be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and you, anyone, Shamir, you guys are... I'm so happy that you have some of the 60s LPs sitting with you. That is so amazing that that music is never going to die. I mean, there's nothing like mm-hmm. this stuff. Don't you agree? It's all good. It's all good. If it's on vinyl, it's probably worth listening to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and also plays and dramas, I think I mentioned to you. Uh, I became interested in, I used to take part in school plays back home. I can name you a few plays I took part in. Shakespeare's Macbeth, um, Othello, um um, a couple of Gujarati plays, which are all school related. But when I came to London, Karim, I got to see so many plays. Because I made friendship with lots of nurses, my mom being one of them. What used to happen in London, England was <clears throat> in the West End, amazing theaters there. When they had any plays before it went down into the public, they would give complimentary tickets to nurses for the first show, which is not for public, this is just for civil workers and, you know. So your mom always, always would call me and say, I got a few tickets and I had a few other friends as well who used to get complimentary tickets. So that's where I became interested in, in theatre. And then, and then, of course, I must have seen so many plays there. Then coming to Toronto, <clears throat> same thing happened. Um, I belong to two public theatre groups. One was at your Fairview Library Theatre, a group that used to perform there. I don't know if they still do. Amicus Production. Amicus Production. I was a member with that group. I, I, I produced a play. I, was, I took part in one play. And I was always behind the scene helping with arranging the stage and costumes and sometimes minding the door for the tickets and stuff like that. I was with them for three, four years. I took part, as I say, in a play called The Big Knife. Um, And I have a video of that. I'll show it to you someday. And then I was also with another very prestigious uh, stage, West Theatre out in the West, this part of town in Mississauga. I was not with them for too long, but I was a member, so I used to get to see lots of plays. Uh, And then finally, regarding the play, you know, I had a dry cleaning for a little while, the dry cleaning depot for a little while. That was at North York City Center Mall. There was a Novotel Hotel above me. So I used to approach all the theaters in, in town here in Toronto, all of them, little, large, 
you name it. I approached them and I told them that I run, a, I have a dry cleaning depot and I have a hotel above me, no hotel, hotel. And I do dry cleaning for some of their guests and there's a heavy pedestrian traffic in the mall, but they walk by my store. I can advertise for you for free. All I need from you is unlimited number of tickets for plays. And Karim, I've, I've fortunately, I've saved up all the brochures of the tickets there in my garage. I used to see so many plays, musical, opera, even. I never used to like opera, but I started to love it once I saw a few. Uh, drama plays, amazing, amazing. I must have seen that mouse trap that, I don't know, is it still running in that uh, factory theater, mouse trap? No, but I think I got tickets from you for that, I think. There you go. I used to get tickets like left, right, and center to so many theaters because I used to advertise for them. I used to stick a poster on my window at the theater in the, in the mall there in my shop, and, I, and they would give me flyers that I would attest to every dry cleaning order that went out. Mm-hmm. So they saw this and they thought this was amazing. In fact, I had an empty space next to my, I don't know if you ever visited my store, where I used to display tuxedos, which I used to rent as well. Yeah, In yeah. that corner, I used to keep uh, some display of some plays, artifacts and some fancy posters with lights and all that in that little space that really attracted lots of people as they're walking by to see what's happening in town wise theater wise so that was another chance i got to see please so i have to tell you this story Mm. um i host i have three podcasts one of them is called welcome to the music right and on this podcast i have a co-host he's a good friend of mine his name is greg tilston greg used to be in a bag a few bands uh, from Oshawa back in the day. So him and I were speaking once on a show and we were asking each other about our first concerts. So he would tell me his first concert. And not, you know, when you're a baby, you go see these, you know, baby groups, your parents might take you to the library. Mm. But our first real, you know, concert in a theater or a, an arena or something like that. As so I told him about my first concert, which you took me to. Thank it you. was New Year's Eve concert oh, at yeah. Maple Leaf Gardens. You invited uh, Anise and myself. You, Nasimati, Shermer, and Alim. Okay. We went to go see the Thompson Twins. Oh. And... Uh, a band that opened up for them called the or- OMD, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Well, that was, that we, was a, Anise and I first rock concert. Were we in a box? We were not in a box. Okay. No, I used to get box tickets from you to go see the Marlies. Yes, the hockey, hockey game. game. So I'm telling Greg this story. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I went to that concert. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> and he gives me the date, and I go on Google, and I search for it. I go, you were there? He goes, yeah, I was there. He's maybe six, seven years older than me. Can you imagine? Oh. I was at that concert, and so was he. I'm so glad I had something to do with that. <laughs> 40 years later, oh, my. we are hosting 
uh, a program together. Oh my goodness. What do you remember about me when you were little? Was I a good uncle, uh, Ada? <laughs> so I'll tell you this. Um, many years ago, you had your 25th wedding anniversary. Okay. And you know what I did. There was this place where all the uh, presents... Oh, uh, no, let me tell you this part. Please, whoever's listening to this, listen to this, guys. I know what you to tell you. You know what happened? It was our 25th wedding anniversary. People, if you're listening, look at this Kareem fellow, how bad boy he was. So my wife and I are dancing in the middle of the floor, and I'm looking at the door. People are coming in one at a time. And this guy, Kareem Kanji, comes in, and he sees all these gifts on the table. So what does he do? He picks up a label from one gift, and exchanges it with another gift, exchanges the labels from gift to gift. You know how bad this was? You know what happened, Karim? So what happened? You must have picked up a, a, an envelope wishing us uh, a happy anniversary. And, and then you took that envelope and you put it on a box. So I called this person and I said, thank you so much for your gift. You know, it was so nice. He says, gift? I think he even asked his wife if she was involved in giving us a gift or something, and they figured out that they never, they never gave you a gift. No, no, I said, no, you did. I said, I, I opened this box, your, the envelope was on top, and that was you, Karim. You exchanged, you put this envelope on top of a box, which was so embarrassing for this guy, and I can't tell you what I was going through. You were a bad boy. Why did you do that? To annoy me. No answer. So, I mean, this was so long ago. You've been married for 50 years. Uh, but I, I thought of that, and I go, and I'll talk to myself, yeah, there's, there's that naughty streak. But at the same time, there's, I was old enough to know what I was doing, right? I don't I, think so. <laughs> I was also old enough to know that you're going to laugh at it. Like, I, I think... After, yeah. After the fact, yes. After the fact, I'm laughing yeah. now. I was pissed then. <laughs> but you weren't so pissed that you called my mom and dad and told them to give me a beating. You weren't that upset. Yeah. You spoke to them and go, this is the fuck. This I was so embarrassed, but it's so funny. I did I not want to tell your parents to beat you up because I was waiting to meet you in person to give you the beating myself. Oh, yeah, it was funny. It is funny now, but oh, my God. I mentioned this to our family a few times. I said, why would he do that? But then I realized, you're right, 25 years back, you were a bambino. Did not <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, we talked about how all of you get along. And I think because all of you get along, all of your children all of the cousins get along. Oh, bless and, and so, and I think that also works um, both ways. You know, I think that there's this, there's this relationship where you're not just, well, you, Tajuara, and, and everyone else are not just uncles and aunts to us, but you are like your family, you're, 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 you're also friends of ours. 
if that makes sense. I would right? like to think that, yes, thank you, yeah. You know? No, and, our relationship uh, has been such, I mean, we fool around, we joke. Sometimes yeah. I use not the right words talking to you as if, but uh, the, the respect is always there. And you guys have been wonderful. I talk to you the way I talk to my boys. Uh, you know, you all grew up together and it's nice to hear what you just said about closeness between all of you. It is important for us. And this is, this, uh, this I hope continues with your children and their children and so on and so forth, you know? It's a pity, as I say, some of us are far now that poor Faiza has gone away. I'm sure that doesn't mean a thing. You, your children and her children and you and her still continue this bond. Shokat's children, his children's children. All these things is drifting away. It is the only fear we have that I hope this doesn't break up the closeness in the family. Uh, that's the only issue. But you guys will do the right thing. And what you're doing right now will help. As you said in the beginning of this interview, that one of the reasons you're doing this is for them in the future to know that, look, here is the history. Here's what the family is all about, so on and so forth. Yeah? Is there anything you wanted to... Because we were supposed to record this like a month or two ago. Yeah. Um, so maybe you've been thinking about this. Maybe you haven't. Uh, but if you were thinking about it, was there anything, Aminata, that you wanted to, that you've been thinking about? I want to make sure I say this. Um, is there anything you wanted to make sure we talk about that maybe we haven't? I think we caught lots of stuff. Uh, closeness of the family, the importance of it. My uh, growing up, Papaji Maji. Um, no, all I can say is please continue being, you know, close to our family, children. You make sure your children and my children's children, they keep this tie, the closeness, and... Uh, uh, <laughs> let's hope your dad's book and my book becomes bestseller within the family. Uh, <laughs> buying, getting these books distributed with the with the siblings, uh, with your with our grandkids and their kids will mean a lot for them to read with the pictures and the photos, and then alongside they may see these interviews, your side of the family interview my side of the family interview and hoping that they will connect and realize how close we all were and what it all means to us and how important it will be for their future to, you know, keep up this uh, thing going. That's all. But you, you, this is amazing. I thought book was an amazing thing that you and Shambi started. For our, it was Faiza. Faiza, yeah, Faiza and yeah. Shambi started. This is a step ahead, one step forward, what you're doing, honestly. And hoping, uh, well, you've done good so far with Nurdin, and I have a little bit of contribution from me will also help, and you'll get a lot more intelligent, more important, more interesting stuff from Taj and Shalim, and I'm sure Shokat and the rest of them. So thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. I wish you all the best, and uh, keep it up, my brother. Thank you, Aminada. So I, I, I forgot this other story. 
I, I think there's something about you that I enjoy, and that is getting you, not getting you upset, but doing things that I find so funny that get you upset. Like, right? for example? So you, you talked about the uh, anniversary. Mm-hmm. Another thing, there was a time when something was happening and I wanted to call you. And my mom said, she looked at her watch and she says, it's after nine, I think she said, or after eight. It, was, it wasn't late, but it was evening. Like maybe around this time, it's like quarter to 10. Um, and she says, don't call Aminata. I go, why? He wakes, I think you were like Muki Saib or Karmi Saib of Beitul Kaya. Okay, okay. And I said, don't call him because they wake up early to go to Kane. Okay. And I just thought, oh, that would be so amazing. Let me, let me call him. <laughs> you did? And so I said, listen, if he picks up, then he's awake. If he doesn't pick up, then he's sleeping. <laughs> and what happened? I think you picked up. Was I upset? I don't know if you were upset, but you might have. I don't think my mom was very happy with me. Ah. But it brought me just like, it brought me a, a, like a little bit of joy. That you know, I said, I, I, <laughs> you know I, I have to tell you one thing. I don't mind admitting this in public. During my first hodo of, we were, we were Rojo Mukhi, Betul Kial Kamaria, and Jamati uh, Kamaria. During our Betul, during our Rojo Mukhi, you came to one of my madlas. Okay? You yeah, and, and after the madlas was over and all that, I thought we were socializing either outside or at your house or my house, I don't remember. And I must have asked you, I must have asked you, because you wouldn't just all literally say this. So I asked you, and you're so freaking honest with this, you must have been, if I gave you the year, you'd tell me how old you were. 1980, 1980? How old were you in 1980? Yeah, it was 1980. That's where we were first Monday Muki for so I must have asked you, so how did you, what did you think of it, Karim? Did you enjoy the Marlas? Did you know what you told me? And after that, I was in Mandiri. I was, I was uh, as I say, Kamaria and Mukhi in two different. Okay? And I always took your advice since then. You know what you told me when I asked you, what did you think of my, uh, of the Marlas? He says, Aminada. I don't know why you never smile when you're up there sitting up there. You're very serious. <laughs> You remember you telling me that? I don't remember that, but I remember making faces at you. Yeah, even then I didn't smile, did I? You maybe you're making faces <laughs> at me to make me smile. You asked me, why don't you smile when you're up there? You're so serious. <laughs> and I said to God, I remember it so well that I have always said it in my head. And now every time I'm sitting up there, I have a full smile on my freaking face. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Yorkmus, Connie. Yorkmus was Yorkmus, indeed. Yeah, so many things happened there. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Yorkmus. Oh, my goodness. We, we live just down the street from Yorkmus now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the opposite side. Uh, and Yorkmus is on the west side. You're on the east side of... Of uh, Victoria Park. Yeah. You don't even record this thing. It's a long story I'm going to tell you. But anyway. Okay. You know, at Yorkmus, uh, Alim... Um, he was young. He went up on a stage one day during some Kushali program, and they did a, they had to do a play 
to relay a message to the youths. Sorry if you heard this before, interrupt me if you have, but it was an interesting story. Anyway, I'll be very quick. So he was up on a stage with his buddies, Karmali, Salim, Karmali's son, and our, our mom, Moledina's son, and all the four, five, six kids were. And Alim, the play was about drugs. Telling the youth sitting on the khane there, drugs is bad. It can do this, that, and the other. It can get into trouble, blah, blah, blah. That was a thing. So it was about a skit of about maybe 10, 15 minutes. So Alim is wearing a leather jacket and he's got a briefcase and he comes into the stage and they are willing and dealing with these guys about drugs. And he opens up and then you see this white packages with powder inside and he's showing it. And suddenly the police comes in and they handcuff him and they take him away. A message again, you can get into trouble and blah, blah. Okay, play is over. Everything is done, Karim. This was Friday night. Saturday night, Saturday night. And this was a weekend kind of, remember, your this was weekend kind of, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Saturday, this is all over. They, they all dump stuff over, gone. Monday comes, Tuesday comes, Wednesday. Next Friday, we come to Kane, and the janitor, the guy in charge of the Jamat Khana, uh, white guy, he comes running to us. He says, you know what happened on, on Monday after you guys were done on uh, your thing? You had a play on, and he was in charge. Yeah, I mean, he was watching and looking and keeping an eye on everything going well, being a janitor, a white guy. He says, you know what happened on Monday? I said, what happened? He says, there was cops all over the place here. He says, I come in, and I said, my goodness, what's going on? He said, you stay away. I said, police car came. Another came. Somebody came with a, some kind of uh, uh, equipment. Some I've never seen something like this. They go into the office. So I'm asking, nobody's telling me what's happening. So one of the uh, lady teacher, I asked her, what's going on? She says, some kids found drug in a bin uh, and they are analyzing to see what it is. He says, oh my God. He says, I went running inside. They tried to stop me. I said, no, no, let me go in. He said, then I told them. There was a play by the community. They, they are giving a play and in the, in the packet, they have a white sugar in this white packet. They're prepared to show as if it's drugs. They're doing a place. It's not drugs. He said, you guys put me in a big trouble. He said, there was a... You know, you're always going to be in the paper showing... So when I told this to Alim and his buddies, they could not believe what had happened. You know, they looked like drugs. White powders, uh, white, uh, uh, white sugar that you sprinkle on uh, cakes and stuff. What do you call yeah. it? Yeah, icing know? sugar. I think. Icing sugar. Yeah, yeah, they had prepared icing sugar in the see-through plastic bags, few, and used them as to show as if this was drugs. But they didn't discard it properly. And they, when the show was over, they dumped it in the garbage bin. Kids found it on Monday, school kids. And oh, <laughs> that's a story from your Alim. That's a perfect way to end it. Thank you, Aminata. Yeah. Uh, oh, Alim fell asleep once in the house. Alim. <laughs> okay. He, he, he didn't fall asleep. We were playing hide and seek. Yeah. So he was being a nuisance. And I told him, go hide. So he went and hid himself. And we forgot about him. He was a maybe four, three, four. We forgot all about him. We couldn't find him then. My goodness, everywhere. Finally, we went upstairs, opened the closet. He's sitting in the corner, fast asleep. He fell asleep, hiding in the closet. Unfortunately, we did find him. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. 
Thank you, Karim. Thank you, Aminata. You have a blessed day. Love to the family and take care. You as well. And I still uh, have to say this. Stop the recording. You.